For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. Woo, Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. Hey, Rebels, it is New Year's Eve. What are you doing? Are you going to stay up till midnight? I can't imagine that my wife will stay up till midnight, but maybe, who knows? My kids certainly will not be staying up till midnight. Not yet, at least. I hope you have a great holiday. Think about the past year and all the growth we've had, all the ways we've upgraded our lives and gotten to be better parents and better spouses through the Rebel Parenting Podcast. Laura and I grow and grow and grow because of the great people we get to interview. And today is no different. This is the most listened to podcast of the year. This is the number one most watched podcast of all of 2019. It is Sharon Janes on Moms on the Mic talking about sexual intimacy. This one was a hot topic. It had thousands and thousands of views and so many listens on iTunes and Spotify and all the places podcasts are found. You're going to love it. Here she is on today's edition, the New Year's edition of Rebel Parenting. Hello, Rebels. Welcome to Moms on the Mic. Woo. I'm a little excited about today. (laughs) So today's uh, interview is going to be mature content. So if you have little ones around, please put in the earbuds Mm -hmm. or put on your headphones and get ready to talk to Sharon Janes and hear everything that she has to talk about, about sex and sexual intimacy. And we are just so grateful to have her today. Yes. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I I can honestly say that I never in my wildest dreams thought I would have to have anyone say what you just said before I did a podcast (laughs) (laughs) or interview or anything. (laughs) Well, it's kind of funny because I did say, how did she become the point person? I want to know, how how was she the person to be asked over and over again? What do you think? (laughs) You know, a long time ago, I wrote a book um, called becoming the woman of his dreams. And of course, there's a section about sex and that. It's not very much. But um, at Proverbs 31, I write devotions for them, and they were doing the first five app, and they were going through the Bible. And when they got to the Song of Solomon, the regulars were like, I don't know if I want to do this or not. So they said, let's ask Sharon. She talks about this all the time. <laughs> like, let's give this to Mikey. Do it anything. So, um, but anyway, so I did, you know, I, I wrote four, four of the eight lessons for the app. And then I got so into it that I just kept going. And I guess it was a, for about a year, just going through and learning what those words really meant. Because, you know, when you look at the Song of Solomon, it's it's really kind of written in code. Yeah, it's very explicit. But because the words they use aren't words that we use, mm-hmm. um, then it seems like we don't we don't really know what they're talking about. But when yeah. you understand what it means by pomegranate and palm tree, you're like, <laughs> and ivory, I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is in the Bible. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's kind of how that's how it started. I had, honestly, most of my life I had read the Song of Solomon as an allegory. Mm-hmm. And I had read it as 
I was the bride and Jesus was the groom. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, I mean, yes, you can read it that way. You can read, you can see Jesus in any book of the Old Testament. Yeah. But when you get down to studying, it really is meant to be literal Mm -hmm. and it's meant to be about romance, marriage and sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what it's about. And I think probably the ancient scholars were too embarrassed to take it literally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's verses in there when people, it's funny, y'all, I read, can I say y'all? Yes, yes. sure. <laughs> I'm from Georgia. Bring it. <laughs> yes, yes, y'all. Look at me all, y'all. Yes. But, uh, when I read some of what the old scholar says, and it talks about breasts a lot mm-hmm. in the Song of Solomon. Yes. Um, and they said, well, they compared that to the Old and New Testament. But listen. When it says in Song of Solomon 7, and he says, your stature is like a palm tree, your breasts are like fruit, I will climb that palm tree and take hold of its fruit, that is not the new and old testament. Yeah. So, um, some of it was kind of comical to go back and read what they said. Right. So, uh, yeah. Interesting. I never thought I'd be the one saying breasts on the podcast either, but here we go. There we go. Good for you for being the rebel. Breaking the mold. (laughs) Here we go. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so your book... It's called Love Struck. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the subtitle, Discovering God's Design for Romance, Marriage, and Sexual Intimacy from the Song of Solomon. So mm-hmm. it is literally walking through the Song of Solomon book and just talking about all of the sexual intimacy. Nothing is off the table. So here is where we would like to go with this because we have done a research panel of our listeners and... Um, one of the things that has been a little mm, disturbing, disturbing, and sad, sad, it's been sad. Yes. Yeah. As that almost 30% of our people that took the survey said that they are happy in their marriage or satisfied in their marriage and they're not having sex. So we would love you to jump in there and just talk about that a little bit. Mm. You know, I think it would be very interesting to survey the husbands of the ones who responded and see if they would say the same thing, that Mm -hmm. they're happy in their marriage and not having sex is fine with them. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think I think that would be a good I don't know how you could do that. But the truth Mm -hmm. is, gals, that's not how God designed it. Right. Yeah. I think that I mean, we talk a lot about how. God is not happy with sex outside of marriage, Mm -hmm. but he's just as not happy about that as he is a marriage without sex. Mm. Yeah. Can I say that one more time? Yes. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Let me turn it around and say the devil. The devil gets just as excited about sex outside of marriage as he he does a marriage without sex. Mm. Mm. Now, Um, how come? How come you say that? Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's not how God designed it. We we spend so much time talking about why we should not have um, sex outside of marriage, which is true. God mm-hmm. gave us the boundary. It's it's not an evil that marriage permits. Mm. It's a gift that marriage protects. Yeah. And so we spend a lot of time talking about that in the church. But we don't talk about the other side that we are supposed to be having physical intimacy within a marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it's important both ways. Yes. And I think, you know, the church has typically been, well, just saying, as, as you mentioned in the, in the beginning, if you're not married, don't do it. And if you are married, just don't talk about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. But that are married and not talking about it is causing a problem 
as your study just showed, with 30% of married couples not doing what God created them to do. Mm. And, you know, when God fashioned man and woman, he put a lot into the sexual part of us that is not necessary to make a baby. Yeah. So why, yes. why did he do that? He did that because husbands and wives are supposed to come together that way. Mm-hmm. And it's not a duty. It's a, it's a <laughs> desire. You know, yeah. it's a desire that we should have. So if, if a couple doesn't have that desire, that means something's wrong. Mm. That's what we need to look at. Yeah. Why is why is that desire not there? And interesting in this in the Song of Solomon when it comes to to apathy or and and then what I think it is is apathy or indifference. Yes, just kind of get mm. you know after it's been <laughs> over a month, then it's kind of the elephant in the room, and it's yeah hard to hard to come back together. So mm-hmm. I think there needs to be some decisions about how long you go between. But that's another topic. But yeah. what Song of Solomon says is in the beginning of their relationship. Um, he says, catch for us the little foxes. Mm-hmm. So there's primarily three people, or once a group, in the Song of Solomon. There's Solomon, there's the Shulamite, which is a woman, and then there are the friends or the backup singers. <laughs> so he says, uh, catch for us the little foxes. To me, it sounds like it's a prayer almost, because yeah. he's not talking to her, and he's not talking to the friends. So who is the us? Well, I think he's he's praying, even at the beginning of the relationship, catch for us the little foxes. Mm. So we see there that it can happen. I mean, little foxes, the, the list is so long, and it's different for every couple. Yes. But mm-hmm. I think that apathy and indifference is a problem for every couple. Mm-hmm. So we see that it can happen. And in the Song of Solomon, uh, at the very beginning, I mean, the first two verses, the woman is saying, kiss me and kiss me again. Or one translation mm-hmm. says, kiss me with the kisses of your mouth. So, I mean, there's no warm up. There's just this woman who's so <laughs> anxious to make out with this man mm-hmm. she loves. And, um, and as you go through that first chapter, it's not just kissing that she's interesting in. Right. And she's interested in other things, too. But she Struggle is real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even in Song and, of Solomon. <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't go there, but she is certainly thinking about it. She even yeah. talks in that first chapter about, about his bed and mm-hmm. wanting to go to the bed. But we know she doesn't because in another place she's telling her friends to wait. But um, she's talking about it. She's all gung-ho about it. They have their their wedding, and then they have their wedding night, which is so, so precious. Mm. Oh, we need to get back there and talk about that, talk about the wedding night. But I, I want to make a point here, so we're going to go past the wedding night. <laughs> so the girl's hot and heavy. Yeah. She cannot wait to be with her husband. She has the honeymoon night. I mean, this woman who's like, kiss me and kiss me again. The very next chapter after the honeymoon, Solomon comes knocking, and she says, no thanks. And the modern translation is, I've already washed my face, I've brushed my teeth, I've got on my slippers. I'm, I'm watching asleep. Netflix. Yeah. No, 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 thank you. Yeah. And, so, and, and the previous chapter is so beautiful, and, and it, it talks about her giving him the key her giving him the key to her garden. That's mm-hmm. what it's mm-hmm. – anytime it's talking about lilies in the garden, that's all about her body. Mm-hmm. So she gives him the key to the garden that's been locked up. And then the next chapter, all of a sudden that key, he cannot find it. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, uh, so look at that. Do we know? Okay, is, is that not a problem in marriage? Yes. You got a 
woman so excited during those dating years and the early years, yep. and, and sometimes it's the husband, because twenty percent of the sex not happening in a marriage is is because the husband's not interested, mm-hmm. right? And that is the saddest to me mm-hmm. because. What I've read is that if it's the wife that's not interested, it usually still happens. Mm-hmm. But if it's the husband that's not interested, it very rarely happens. Mm-hmm. So what we see is that they have the passionate honeymoon. The very next chapter is one of those little foxes. Mm-hmm. And there's these lots of little foxes and lots of conflict because 20% of the, of the Song of Solomon is on conflict. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of conflict that... Um, he could have chosen to write about, yeah. but it's this particular conflict mm-hmm. of apathy and indifference in the sexual area of a marriage mm. that what that God made sure was in this book. That's you know, that's the thing. I want to say say this because I know that some people are listening and they're thinking, "Hey, wait a minute." Isn't this that guy that had 700 wives and 300 concubines? Yeah, yes, I totally exactly. thought I mean, about. Yeah, had him get the elephant out of. Uh, the room, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. But let me say this. He was considered the wisest man in all the world, mm-hmm. right? God said, I'll give you anything. He asked for wisdom. But what this shows us that even the wisest man in the world is still susceptible to fall. Mm. And he did. He did not end well. Mm-hmm. And God told him not to take other wives, but he did. Every time, a lot of the times it, it was a political move, he would conquer a country and he'd get a wife because of that, mm-hmm. make a treaty and get a wife, but not all 700 of them. So we know that he fell. Mm-hmm. But this is what we need to remember is that um, I believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. So when you say, you know, who who inspired each one of the books yeah. in the Bible, we say God did. Mm-hmm. So even mm-hmm. though Solomon was probably, we're not even sure if it was him who wrote the book, but we think it is. Right. We think that he wrote Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and, and the Song of Solomon. But even though he did fall, God made sure that this book about romance was in the Bible for a reason. Mm-hmm. So we cannot discount it just because Solomon did not finish well. Yeah. So let's just get that on the table. Perfect. Uh, okay. So anyway, we see that there was, they were hot and heavy at the beginning. Then there's the indifference. The foxes um, come in. So what happened after she did not go to the door to let him in? And oftentimes during those days, a king would sleep in separate quarters than his wife. So that's why he knocks on the door. And then she realizes he's gone. He, she runs and tries to find him. And um, her, that's when the backup singers come in and, and, um, and they say, tell us, what do you love so much about your husband? Let's talk about that. Yeah. And, um, and what a good friend. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. what good friends they are. I'm so glad they're called the friends in mm-hmm. some translations. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when a, a woman has a spat with her husband and she tells her friend about it, I mean, I don't care what you think about Dr. Phil, but he said one thing that is so awesome. He mm-hmm. said, no matter how flat a pancake is, it has two sides. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so usually when we <laughs> tell what's happened, we're the victim, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Always. Always. <laughs> and then the friend, you know, agrees with you and that man's a dog and yep. you know, goes on and makes you matter. Yes. But she had good friends. And so rather than egg her on and make her just matter at him, they said, you know what? Let's talk about what you do like. Mm-hmm. What do you like? 
And then she goes into this long litany of, of how he's talking about his body, talking about his character, his appearance, even her. She talks about his mouth and his lips, which tells us those are two different things because the words that come out of his mouth are included in that, too. Mm. So she remembers what she loved about him. And then at the end, she said, this is my beloved. This is my friend. Mm. So then she goes and she finds him and they make up mm. and they have a makeup party. Yeah. <laughs> a makeup party. <laughs> Not the kind you put on your face. Yeah. No. But you know, and there's a lot of forgiveness. So that's mm. another one of the the topics that's covered in in the Song of Solomon. So let's get back to the original question. Well, real quick, just what you okay. were talking about of just battling the apathy and the indifference that's in our culture. Mm-hmm. So from what you just shared, it sounded like Forgiveness would be one way and then remembering what you love about your spouse. Mm-hmm. Are those some of the things that, that you suggest? They are. Where I was going to go after that, I'm, I'm looking. I want to read the scripture correctly. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. so what we see in the Song of Solomon is he knew the foxes could come. He saw that they did come. Mm-hmm. And then toward the end, she shows us how to prevent it from coming back again. Just one of the mm-hmm. ways where she says, um, okay, I'm going to read it right. It's, I'm reading scripture, but I'm reading it from the book. Okay. She says, come, my beloved, let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. Let us get go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded. And again, anytime they're talking about vineyards or grapes, that's not the real, that's like the garden. So, okay. To see if the blossoms have opened and if the pomegranates and pomegranates with all those seeds, that's a whole nother symbolism there. Mm -hmm. She said, there I will give you my love. The mandrakes sent out their fragrance. Now, mandrakes were seen at that time as aphrodisiacs. Oh, oh. So when she's talking about the mandrakes, again, she's not talking about going to the grocery store. Yep. <laughs> um, she said, the mandrakes send out their fragrance, and at our door is every delicacy, both old and new, that mm-hmm. I have stored up for you, my beloved. Mm-hmm. So she is going to him, and she's saying to him, coaxing him to come away and get get away by themselves and she's saying i've got some of that old fruit that you enjoy and i've got some new fruit that's up my sleeve mm. so that's one of the ways <laughs> it, <laughs> that was in the bible um, so um but you have to understand what she's talking about yeah so the key is breaking that code so we see it can happen it did happen and then um the shulamite shows us one way to prevent it from happening is to make sure and be intentional Mm -hmm. because I truly believe without being intentional about it, apathy is going to come in. Um, Difference will happen Mm -hmm. and that's going to cause all kinds of trouble. And with the the people that said on the survey that they are happily married, but having physical intimacy that they might think that's okay, but it's not Mm -hmm. okay. Because mm-hmm. it is something lacking that is in your marriage when you don't come together mm-hmm. physically. And I don't mean to over-spiritualize it, but it, but God ordained that for marriage. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, marriage, I always say it's a covenant. It is not a contract. Mm-hmm. And in a covenant, God had ways to renew covenants all through the Bible. Yep. Every time we take communion, 
when we take communion, the bread and the wine, we are renewing our covenant. Mm -hmm. And it's Jesus told us, when you do this, remember me. Mm -hmm. And every time we come together as husband and wife physically, we are in a way renewing that covenant Mm -hmm. that we made on our wedding day. Mm -hmm. We have, um, let me tell you two things. We have a willow tree in our backyard that blew over during a storm about a month ago. Mm -hmm. Now, when the tree blew over, I was not surprised. And why is that? Because for the past five years, it had fewer and fewer and fewer leaves. Mm -hmm. So that told Mm -hmm. me that the tree's not really healthy. Mm -hmm. So when it finally blew over, I wasn't surprised. Mm -hmm. And so many, especially women who will say, how did this happen? I never saw this coming, but, but friends, I mean, gals, we have got to pay attention and be intentional about it. Mm -hmm. And if we are just apathetic and think everything's fine without developing our friendship, make sure you're still having fun together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Make sure you're spending time alone together. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing about the song of Solomon is there's no mention of children. I mean, I, Love children. My first book was Being a Great Mom, Raising Great Kids. I love children. But if when we put those children um, ahead of our marriage, then we need to be very careful about that. Now, I know that they require more attention when they're younger, Mm -hmm. but we have to make sure that when that little prince is born, the king still knows that he's the king of your heart. Mm -hmm. So be sure of that. And I will say again, I was born in a horrible home, and my parents didn't even like each other. And I learned very young that what makes a child feel more secure than anything is to know mommy and daddy love each other. So never feel bad about taking time away from the kids to spend time with your husband. Mm -hmm. Because in the end, that's going to make them feel so secure. So what would you say to that mom? I I mean, you kind of just answered it, but to the mom who's sitting at home with four kids pawing on her and then her husband comes home and wants to do it and she's exhausted and those no kind of things. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, for, for a lot of times, people have thought you know, there's two choices. There's duty and desire. Yep. And you're either doing it out of doing it out of duty or you're doing it out of desire. So let's talk about duty. Perfect. Now, duty, this is what duty does in a man's heart. Suppose your husband came home and he handed you a dozen flowers, roses on your anniversary, and he handed them to you and said, here, I, you know, I, it's our anniversary. I'm not supposed to buy you roses. I even mm. got a card and underlined a few words on it. But um, here's the roses. I think it's a waste of money. Um, but uh, I know I'm supposed to, so here. Oh, interesting. How would you feel about that? My heart just deflated. After I banged him over the head with those flowers, I throw <laughs> yeah. hey, I don't want that. For yeah. sure. And yet that's how many people approach sex and marriage as it's my duty. I'm just going to. But you know what? A husband can tell when you're doing it out of duty. Yes. And he will not be fulfilled. Mm. One thing mm. a, a woman needs to understand is that your husband feels fulfilled when you are fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And when he feels like he can meet that need for you, that he feels like the luckiest man in the world. It's not all about him. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's duty. And then desire Well, suppose you don't feel the desire. So do you not do it because you don't want to have duty? Well, here's another option. There is another option and that is making a decision to love. Mm Hmm. So you can make a decision to, to love your husband. The thing, I don't know why God did it this way, but one thing that's really different is if you 
aren't interested most of the time for a mom it's because you're emotionally worn out you're physically worn out and you're just plain all tired right Right. but what god made a man is when he's emotionally worn out physically worn out and just plain tired this is the Mm cure-all so i mean that's just how we're different um so i know that a, a wife especially a mother cannot say yes every time but i want she needs to make sure well this is my advice to make sure that the husband does know that you are not rejecting him you are just exhausted and then give him the knowledge that you will and i suggest not waiting 24 hours right Mm -hmm. you know i am just so tired tonight but if you can wait until tomorrow i will make it worth your time yep so and then what you need to do is that tomorrow get you know the the most important sex organ is your mind right Right. Mm -hmm. so the next day get yourself prepared either mentally or physically whatever you need to do as far as taking a bath even ask your husband say you know i'm so tired tomorrow if you come home and take over taking care of the kids and get them in bed and let me take a bubble bath you know you'll be so glad you did or just something like that and don't feel guilty yeah no no don't feel guilty um don't feel guilty about that yeah because you're doing you're not just you are making a decision to love you are also making a decision to to have a firm foundation for your children yes Mm -hmm. for sure more than making them that the kids that wonderful wonderful meal when you give your husband the wonderful wonderful meal that he's desiring then that will feed your children Mm. something that's right better than right yeah. so. <laughs> so you probably do agree with us but here at rebel we think you should schedule sex in in certain seasons just have it scheduled on the calendar mm-hmm. you know let's just say every friday night you know it's going to happen you have the week to prepare yourself if if it takes longer for you to get ready for things like that mm-hmm. uh the husband knows it's coming you know, whether you fought or had a good week, bad week, whatever, he, mm-hmm. he's ready. He knows. Yeah. Do you suggest things of that nature? Yeah, I think that is a great idea. One thing I say is if a couple is waiting for sex to be spontaneous, they're probably still waiting. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Especially if you've been married over a year. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so absolutely. When we come, think about this when you, I don't know how old y'all were when you first came to Christ. Um. I was a teenager. Mm. So when um, I was a teenager and I came to Christ and I was so excited about Jesus and, Mm -hmm. you know, just so in love with him. And um, this was during the time of the Jesus movement. I'm not, I just aged myself, but (laughs) everybody was in love with Jesus that became became Christians. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's that kind of wore off after a little while. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not that Jesus loved me less, but my enthusiasm waned Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. what did i have to do then i needed to put some disciplines in place Mm -hmm. i had to make a commitment to try to read my bible every day Mm -hmm. i had to make a commitment to pray had to put certain disciplines in place to help my relationship with him stay strong Mm -hmm. now you know marriage is considered it's a a reflection of christ in the church right Mm -hmm. yes so if we have to have disciplines to keep our relationship strong with jesus why in the world wouldn't we have to have disciplines yeah. to keep our relationship strong with our husbands? Amen. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
why do you think that it's just going to naturally happen? And if it doesn't, then something's, then something's wrong. wrong. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Mm, so love that. But that really why we do? the reason we think that is because that's what the world tells us. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's what we see in movies and um, that if it's not coming naturally, then there's a problem. Correct. Yeah. Huh. Which is. Well, and I think a, a big component, too, is just being. Well, I know, like in my own marriage. Sorry, Joshua. It's just <laughs> creating like being creative together is a huge wake up call. We're entering into the all our kids are old enough to kind of take care of themselves mm -hmm. phase. So it's a little bit of like, oh, hey there, how's it going? <laughs> you remember us? <laughs> yeah. And just having that creative space, like we've been going to art shows lately. Mm -hmm. And even if we're not even talking, we're still enjoying something creative together that is creating an intimacy together that hasn't been there for a long time. Mm -hmm. And just coming home and being like, wow, that was an interesting experience. Or, you know, what did you think? And just having a whole different category of relating to each other instead of just the, do you have this guy's changing diaper? Do you want to get up tonight? Do you want to, you know, like there's the mom and dad lingo and then there's the stepping out of the mom and dad lingo to, oh, hey, babe, like, mm let's actually get to know each other again. And mm -hmm. um, there's one statement in the book that I can't quote it exactly, but I'm, t I'm talking about friendship and how, and what you're talking about is building your friendship. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you go out and do something creative together, that's what you would do with the girlfriend. Mm -hmm. So you're doing an activity that you're both enjoying, which is developing your friendship. Mm -hmm. And when you stop, when you stop developing your friendship, that intimacy does, it suffers mm -hmm. from it. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and let me ask you this. This is might be TMI, but after you went out and had fun together, mm -hmm. what did that do for you with your desire? Right. Well, my physical desire to him totally spiked. Cause, mm -hmm. Yes. Because I'm like, ah, yeah. there you are. That's <laughs> yeah. who I fell in love with. <laughs> That's exactly That's awesome. what happened. Yeah. When, you maintain and make sure, and that's what the Shulamite was doing in, at the end of Song of Solomon. It wasn't, I mean, yes, she w was teasing him with some sexual words in there, mm -hmm. but getting away together and, and having fun mm -hmm. is so mm -hmm. important mm -hmm. because when you think about when you were dating, yep. I mean, that's the main thing you did yep. is you went out yep. fun together. So when we stop having the friendship, then the intimacy really changes. So when you go out and you do fun things together, it just builds that more and more. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to change gears a tiny bit and just ask, because I, I know we have lots of issues out there and people that are listening. What about the marriages that have had some infidelity or mm -hmm. pornography or some type of, you know, disconnect in that way? What would you say to rebuilding this intimacy and reclaiming it and going for it again? Mm -hmm. I do talk about forgiveness in the song mm -hmm. in this book too. Um, and interesting, it's him forgiving her, but it works either way. Uh, forgiveness is a decision, and we do it in a moment. Um, but trust it comes over time. Yeah, mm -hmm. right behavior over a period of time. Mm -hmm. So. I think that, you know, it might, especially with infertility or pornography, there has to be some trust that's built back up. Yep. But as that trust is being built back up, 
um, and you see that they're trying the spouse and it's not always the husband that the one who has been forgiven sure. has to um, we can't continue to throw it in their face all the time mm-hmm. I think with both pornography addiction and I don't know how you guys feel about it but if somebody is in into pornography um it's very easily to get addicted yes. and you probably mm-hmm. assume they are yeah but with both of those I really encourage counseling mm-hmm. and I really encourage going to um, get professional help and not try to do that on your own mm-hmm. you don't need to be necessarily the sole accountability partner yep. amen awesome mm-hmm. we agree with you 100 percent there yes yeah so I, I really believe that the one who has been the offender um, needs to have professional counseling and an accountability partner yeah sometimes it might be the counselor but also another person of the same sex holding them accountable yes yeah and the spouse needs to get help as well wouldn't you agree of just dealing with those wounds and because you're going to bring that into the bedroom and all of that Mm. right a good friend of mine at proverbs 31 you know has experienced that mm. and mm-hmm. and she mm. is very open about the counseling that she herself has had mm. and that her spouse has had and that they've had together so yeah. um, we yeah. call that therapy and theology <laughs> oh i love that <laughs> That's good. all right so well so there's one more question that we'll hit before we we sign off but we did get a ton of questions from all of our <laughs> rebel listeners which i'm so proud of you for sending in questions Thank you, and uh, yes bold questions some of them i'll have to ask you off air some of them are <laughs> hilarious they are <laughs> and some of them i did want to hit on so somebody had asked about if one has or husband or wife if they physically cannot have sex what would be a recommendation to create that intimacy that maybe physically they cannot actually be, be intimate. Mm-hmm. This is not something covered in the book. Yes. <laughs> Just what your opinion <laughs> on it. Yeah. I will say, and I've been married 39 years. So my friends around people who have experienced some of that. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of speak from just being around people that are having some of those issues. Mm-hmm. If someone cannot, you need to make sure that you really cannot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll, I'll say that sometimes if a, a man is having trouble, um, it can be something so simple mm-hmm. just as testosterone being low. Mm-hmm. And it just takes a trip to the doctor mm-hmm. and they can give testosterone cream or injections mm-hmm. to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Now for a guy, if he's not desiring it, it makes it hard for him to desire Mm -hmm. to go to the doctor Mm -hmm. so they need to understand I mean even um, when Paul wrote to the Corinthians Mm -hmm. and he said a husband is not to withhold his body from his wife Mm -hmm. and a wife is not to withhold her body from her husband unless it's for prayer and fasting and I can guarantee you that people who are withholding it's not for (laughs) prayer and fasting but we see that it's Again, it's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so first of all, make sure you truly can't. Mm -hmm. Go to the doctor and make sure. It might be something that can be tweaked, and it might be just a lot simpler than you think. Now, if you truly can't, 
I can't believe I'm saying this with people looking at me. But <laughs> <laughs> intercourse is not the only right. act of sex. Yes. yes. We agree. Yes. So, so I'm assuming that that's when someone says, what if someone can't? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they're talking okay. about. So I would encourage to not just leave that whole section of your life untouched, Boy, literally. Yeah. Um but yeah. to explore other ways that you can be physically intimate. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. Love that answer. Yep. I agree. Thank you for going there. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you didn't know it's coming. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Sharon, for being on the show. It's and- a great oh, show. We appreciate you. Yes. Thank you. It's a great. Like, I appreciate you having me. Yes. And where can people find your book? Amazon, CBD, Barnes and Noble, okay. just any of, of the places you like to shop. You can also find it on my website, um, SharonJanes.com. And my last name's kind of strange. It's J-A-Y-N as in Nancy, E-S. So SharonJanes.com. Okay. They can find it there. Awesome. Well, well, thanks thank for being on Moms in the Mic. Yeah, we appreciate oh. it. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Happy New Year, Rebels. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us all year long. Thank you for sharing this with your friends and family all year long, helping us grow to where we are today. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you to every single one of you that donated to Rebel Parenting. We could not do that without your donations. Thank you to all of our sponsors. And last but not least, our sponsor, The Voice of the Martyrs at Persecution.com. Helping those being persecuted for our gospel for more than 50 years with Bibles, resources, staffing. It is an amazing organization. Please check them out. Thank you so much, The Voice of the Martyrs, for sponsoring us all year long. Next podcast will be in 2020. God bless Rebels. For 2019, we'll see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.